So, this is a bit of a, a reboot, I guess. I'm sat here right at the end of a little outcrop of land that juts into and kind of divides a fjord in two. It's Saturday morning, it's really calm and nice. Sun is shining. It's the middle of summer. There's one or two boats just going up, up the fjord. Maybe you can hear them. Maybe you can hear the, the waves as they're just lapping up against the rocks here. And I've come on a bit of a walk, which is what this is all about, really. I'm going to take you on a walk as I go talking about whatever bits of film music are currently in my mind. And as you may have guessed from the fact I said the word fjord, I'm currently in Norway to see my family, which unfortunately, because of the pandemic, I haven't been able to do very much over the last few years. So, Maybe more so than most of the time, sort of coming, I guess coming home a little bit like that, always brings on some feelings of nostalgia. And sort of thinking about the past and growing up and sort of the music I listened to when I was younger and how it sort of set me off on this journey of listening to film music, which is still going because I've been listening to film music for a long time. Maybe, I'm gonna say at least 20 years where most of what I've listened to on a daily basis is music for film. And, you know, having this nostalgia, I guess, come on while I'm coming home was just having me think about, I suppose, what happened and how I got into that in the first place. I sort of stumbled into film music by chance, really. And, I mean, I suppose as much as anyone plans to get into a particular genre of music, but I think unusually, maybe, in a way that other people maybe didn't. I came at film music kind of backwards. And I suppose by that I mean I, I listened to the music before I watched the films. You know, I think most people, when they're younger, they, they see films, they're enthralled by the magic of, of movies. And then they hear the music and they go, Ah, this music reminds me of this film that I saw and that story that it told. And those images, that music is connected with those images. And I have that to a certain degree, but really my, my love of film music and my discovery of film music came about in a completely different way. I'm in Norway at the moment, so that's not where I grew up. But where I did grow up was, was very rural, 
I had a very, I suppose, you might call sheltered childhood, which is, which I mean, really was away from technology. We didn't have a TV. The nearest cinema was maybe, I don't know, 45 minutes drive. Maybe for, if anyone is listening in America, maybe that's not <laughs> very far away for you, but where, where I was growing up in, in Europe, and certainly, you know, for, a, for an eight-year-old, it means you don't, you don't really get to go to the cinema. You know, you don't just go to the cinema every weekend and see whatever film is out. I remember the cinema that was closest to us. It had one screen. It must have been a, a quite small screen. They showed one film a week. They had these really old kind of plush seats that were on a, on a level floor. The, floor. the floor was not raked. And I didn't, I didn't, I used, we used to drive past, uh, it was a place we drove past once a week. And I used to see what, you know, when I got into films a little bit, I used to see, well, what poster have they got in, in the window this week? What are they showing? But that's jumping ahead really, because the first film music that I heard was completely separate from a film. My dad was a musician. He was a music teacher. He played the trumpet and the piano. And also he conducted a wind band at that time. It was something I sort of experienced from afar because he was living in a different country at the time. But whenever he came to see me, I guess he sort of instilled some of this love of music, or that there was music around me anyway. I was learning to play the trumpet as well at the time. And so what my dad did, maybe just as a one-off at first, but then much more regularly later, he would, he gave me this, this CD of demos uh, that were sent out by a music publisher. I still remember the name of it and the logo. It was a, it was a D in a square. The publisher was De Huske. It's a Dutch, I think, think they still exist. A Dutch music publisher that they publish music primarily for a wind band, concert band. And because this was the late 90s, they would do demo CDs of all these pieces that you could buy sheet music for. And I guess because my dad was conducting this band, he would get these, these promos occasionally. And they were just these, it was, a, it was a wide variety of music. Everything from sort of original compositions that had been done by composers that the publisher had on their roster, as well as then arrangements of other music, rock music, pop music, you know, popular music, music from musicals, whole variety of stuff that you know you could then buy the sheet music for and play with your own band and I can't remember what the what the very first piece I would have heard would have been unfortunately these CDs are all lost to time I don't really know what happened to them they're all gone but I remember 
I remember the name John Williams cropping up. I think there was a an arrangement of the Star Wars main title and also of the uh, Imperial March that I remember hearing and really liking. And there must have been there must have been others that for example, I'm pretty sure Titanic must have been on one of these discs. Because you know, late 90s biggest film around Titanic. So I'm sure I must have heard some James Horner. Actually, the one James Horner that I remember hearing on one of these demos, and again, this, this was just like, each of these tracks was just was like a minute and a half. It wasn't the full track ever. It was just a little, sometimes snippets of several tracks. So I remember hearing the Plaza of Execution track and the, uh, the ride, two tracks from The Mask of Zorro on one of these discs. And that was kind of my, probably the first time I heard James Horner. That I remember. I remember a suite from uh, The Prince of Egypt, again, of its time. But yeah, that was probably one of the first times I've heard Hans Zimmer. All of this was, of course, happening subconsciously. I wasn't, I wasn't going out of my way, at least at first, to find film music. There was a whole bunch of, of other stuff. And also, you know, obviously popular songs that were in films, like I'm sure there must have been um, Everything I Do, I Do It For You, as arranged for wind band. Uh, there was definitely Phil Collins stuff from uh, Tarzan. Uh, there, there must have been My Heart Will Go On. I can't imagine that there, that there wasn't. But yeah, so I would listen to these demo discs over and over and over. I had never seen any of these films. I'd hardly seen any film. I think we had gone on a school trip uh, to the cinema to see Toy Story 2. I think that was the first time I was ever in the cinema and I honestly don't remember anything about it. my backwards introduction to film music. The next big turning point, I suppose, was a few years later, I was still listening to these CDs, but I'd gotten into Harry Potter. Because of course, again, late 90s, that's what you read when you grew up. I loved it. I think that's really where the the original love of film music came from is that if you had these you had these imagined worlds and the music somehow illustrated those even when there was no images to go with them but so the harry potter movie was coming out and i loved the books so i really wanted to go and see them and that's that's really the first time i remember going to the cinema was to see Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone in late 2001. And 
I don't particularly remember hearing the music in the film, but I definitely remember making the John Williams connection that the music was written by someone called John Williams. And I remember the name John Williams because I'd heard Star Wars and all these other scores by him on these demo discs. And I remember asking for my birthday. I was turning 11, I guess. And I remember asking for my birthday for the soundtrack CD to Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. And I remember it was a, it was a double disc. We bought it uh, in like a, a supermarket, I think, because you remember in those days, supermarkets carried CDs. We bought it, it was a double disc. The first CD was the score. The second CD, it was like a, an interactive thing they sold. It was a CD-ROM basically that had, I think, trailers on it and like a trailer for the Lego game of the movie or something, something like that. But yeah, I listened to that over and over and over again. And that I think was the real introduction to film music for me. And shortly after, well, I say shortly after, it must have been, yeah, maybe another half a year later. I bought, I guess, I, with my own pocket money, I, I don't remember, Howard Shore, The Fellowship of the Ring. I hadn't seen the film. In fact, I ended up seeing The Two Towers a year later in the cinema, having still not seen The Fellowship of the Ring, but knowing the story because I'd read the book. And that was my introduction to Lord of the Rings and Howard Shore. And I played that end on end. I remember sitting, just after I bought it, I remember sitting in the car with a little Panasonic Discman, see like portable CD player. And it was in the car, so you couldn't, you couldn't really hear the music very well. And these terrible really earbud things. But I remember skipping through the tracks and hearing the opening of the Bridge of Casa Doom, which opens with, you know, the main nine, the nine note fellowship theme. And loving it, absolutely loving it. And that was kind of it. I basically decided, mostly subconsciously, I think, but I basically decided that, okay, whenever I see a film in the future, I'm gonna try and get the soundtrack CD if I can. And so I went from there. I think I remember picking up were Gladiator, so the introduction, 
the reintroduction to Hans Zimmer, I picked up definitely Pirates of the Caribbean a few years later. That was massive at the time. Uh, so yeah, Klaus Badelt, Hans Zimmer, obviously, even though his name isn't on it. I picked up, yeah, my introduction to James Horner. I saw Troy in that same cinema with the, with the non-raked seating. I saw Troy, not one of, you know, either Wolfgang Petersen's better films or even James Horner's better films. I want to do a whole episode on that. But that's the first full James Horner score I heard. And as a result, still have a little bit of a soft spot for it. Even though, you know, all the things <laughs> that are and aren't in Troy. Music copied liberally from the back catalogue of James Horner and music adapted liberally from the back catalogue of everyone else. It's a very strange way to come at film music or to, to sort of have film music become the main genre of music that you listen to. Very illogical, I guess, in a way, because it's in the first instance music that's intended to accompany picture and a certain set of images. But I think for me, I was lucky that I had music that was very good, you know, John Williamson, Howard Shore, and then music that could stand kind of by itself. And it filled in, you know, John, John Powell talked uh, in an interview, I, mem I remember uh, an interview he did for Film Music Media, their All Access series, he talks about you know, a lot of film music is essentially improvisation. Composers who, who watch the picture and then basically improvise to it. And he says as a result, a lot of it is very sort of underwritten as music. And as a result, in his opinion, is not particularly good. And he says he always strives to, to do a little bit more uh, to overwrite, to write music that would stand by itself as, as music. And I think that's, that's a really something to aspire to, first of all. Um, music that has compositional value without wanting to sound like a snob about it. But for me, the scores that I encountered when I was younger they illustrated those worlds, worlds that I knew in my imagination, Harry Potter, um, Middle-earth. Those worlds were captured within the music without needing those images, 
and that's really what I like my film music to do, I suppose. Because still, even I listen to, you know, I listen to a lot of film music. I try to keep on top of everything that comes out, which is really difficult because there is a lot of film music that is released these days. But I try as much as possible to keep on top of it. And I think the good, the film music that I still like, that I like when it comes out, it does exactly that. It captures, it opens up the possibility of a, of a world in your imagination. And then sometimes you see, you see the film and it makes perfect sense. You know, those, that music is then kind of attached to those images. And other times it's not, and it's fine. I can listen to Alexandre Desplat's Twilight New Moon and like that theme and the music as a whole without having ever seen Twilight New Moon. And I don't really have any intention of seeing it. That was my introduction to film music. That's how I got into this mess, as you might say. It was a bit of a test episode. See how, how I can edit this together. Whether it makes for an interesting and possibly entertaining story. And whether people enjoy it. But I'll try to do episodes semi-regularly. Talking about everything really. New music that's come out. Old music. The history of film music, thoughts that I have had about the industry, you know, controversial subjects if necessary. I think those do need talking about, even though I don't want to court controversy at all. I'm going to get back to spending some time with my family out here in lovely Norway. But I hope, yeah, you found this interesting, maybe entertaining, and maybe you'll listen in again for a little walk and talk about film music. Until next time.